Hello everyone and welcome to our first ever episode of the brand new Wanderlust magazine podcast. Now during this exciting series we're going to be taking you behind the scenes of the magazine to meet the writers of your favourite travel features. We'll be going further under the skin of each destination and we'll be finding out what our expert writers find so special about the places that they visit. And throughout the series, not only will our special guests be interviewed by award-winning journalist Aaron Miller, they'll also be sharing extracts from their Wanderlust articles and so bringing the pages of the magazine to life. It's going to be a great series, so do be sure to subscribe to the podcast right now. I'm Lynn Hughes, the founding editor of Wanderlust. And I'm Rosie Fitzgerald, the special features editor at Wanderlust. And today, for our first ever episode, we're going to be taking you on a relaxing and rejuvenating journey to Austria. Now, Austria is a country with wide open landscapes that really allow you to stretch out. It has fairy tale forests where you can breathe in that fresh pine air and cold, clean glacial lakes where you can brave a swim. So it seems very fitting that after all of the restrictions of lockdown, we're going to be kicking off the series with a place that offers so much space, relaxation and freedom. Sounds good, doesn't it? So helping us to get under the skin of Austria today is our friend, the travel writer Helen Moat. We'll be talking about well-being and mindfulness in Austria's wild spaces. Helen spent a whole year in the Alps and so has experienced it in all four seasons. And not only is Helen brimming with recommendations and tips, but she has a real passion for the Austrian way of life. Interviewing Helen today will be award-winning travel journalist and Wanderlust writer Aaron Miller. Together, they're going to be bringing us closer to Austria's natural spaces. They'll be uncovering the country's secrets and be getting to the bottom of what makes Austria such a special and healing place to visit. So sit back, relax and get ready to be transported to the calming and beautiful Austria. Walk through Austria's nature and leave the stresses of everyday life behind. Fill your lungs with the pure air of the mountains and clear the clutter of your mind. Striding out along a trail, you focus on the present moment, the path beneath your feet, the unfurling vistas in front of your eyes. Here among the forests, river valleys and mountain ranges of Austria, there is solitude, stillness, serenity and joy. Here mind and body are restored. This is the essence of life. Hi, Helen. So nice to meet you. Thanks for coming on the show. I really enjoyed reading your piece about Austria and Wanderlust. It's a place I really love. I absolutely love the Alps. What made you want to write about it? Well, as you say, it's one of the most beautiful places on this earth. So why would you not want to write about it? But also the focuses of those pieces were connecting with nature, health, mindfulness, all those kind of things. And those are subjects that are really close to my heart. In terms of Austria, I was really lucky to spend a year in the Alps and uh, I spent an entire winter in the Alps. I spent summer, spring and autumn in the same year for a few weeks in the Alps and I just loved it. Uh, You know, that's a really precious time in my life. And of course, I've gone back to Austria time and time again. I'm lucky enough to have friends there. I love mountains, as most of us do. I love the river landscapes, um, just about everything about it, the food. 
friendliness of the people. So yeah, that's why I snatched up the opportunity to write about it. Always so nice to write about a place you love and know so well. And has nature been something that's very important to you? You mentioned that's something close to your heart as well. That kind of healing power of nature, that hit and effect of nature, is that something that you've always sought as well? Absolutely. I think that at least a quarter of the population have at some point in their life um, suffered from mental health issues. Um, I went through that as well. And I find nature really healing. And of course, with COVID and lockdowns, you know, nature has become even more important to us when we couldn't go for many of us further than a few kilometres from where we live. Suddenly, we were really connecting with nature again and in a very sort of personal, intimate way because we couldn't go very far. So, yeah, nature has always been important to me. Walking, cycling, anything in the outdoors, really, I love. Yeah, me too. I'm guilty of crawling up my door and staring out my window for the last 18 months. I'm ready to get out there and, and hit it again. And I, I think that we particularly feel that absence of nature now during lockdown and kind of hopefully coming out of that soon. But there's just something about modern life too, which just seems to be the polar opposite of that natural environment, which we evolved to live in, that seems to draw us out towards nature again, to seek that solace again. Is that something you can relate to? Oh, absolutely. Like you and like many people, we spend a lot of time in front of a computer screen within four walls, a roof over our heads. It can get quite claustrophobic and it's a very stressful working world that we live in these days. So getting out into nature is just, you just feel the stressful in a way when you get out there, I find. I'm sure you do too. Why is that, do you think? Why does nature have such a powerful effect on us? Do you know, I've thought about that a lot, and I really think it goes back to our ancestors, uh, the hunter-gatherers who spent so much time outside in nature. And I think it's in our DNA. And although a lot of people have become quite removed from nature, a lot of people have discovered it again in lockdowns during COVID. So yeah, it's in our DNA, I believe. I do too. And I feel like the more that we as a society, move away from that and disconnect from that. There's more something inside us just draws us back, which is wonderful. But there are lots of places that you can experience nature. Why did you choose Austria and what makes it so special? So because I have spent so much time in the Alps, I've spent a lot of time in Austria. I just particularly love the landscapes there. More than half of Austria is covered in forest and 60% of it is covered in mountains. And a lot of those mountains are pure wilderness. You can't build settlements there. So if you love to get away from cities and love to get into quiet places, serene places, you know, places where there's raw nature, it's just fantastic. That's amazing. And you got to experience a lot of different ways of getting that raw nature and finding that well-being and mindfulness in nature. And we're going to look at uh, a bunch of those different ways today. And I'm excited to hear about all that. But first up is forest bathing. Immerse yourself in the forest sights and sounds. Touch a textured bark. Walk through shafts of sunlight barefoot on the forest floor. Listen to the rustle of the wind through foliage. Forage for medicinal herbs and plants and taste the fruits of the forest. Lie back 
and watch white willows shimmer in the heat, the scent of pine, sap and mulched leaves permeating the air. Birdsong echoes through trees. Breathe out and relax. This is the art of forest bathing. I want to jump into a forest so badly right now. Yeah, we can take ourselves there in our heads. I am, I've got my bare feet right now and I can, I'm on my carpet, but I'm imagining it's like mossy ground of a, of a forest and slightly dew and wet. Oh, I could just picture myself there. Yeah. There is just something so special and unique about forests, isn't there? Why do you think that is? Yeah, a few years ago, not many people had heard of forest bathing, but it really has come into our consciousness. It really started in Japan when the Japanese scientists discovered that trees give out chemicals that actually don't just help us mentally, but they help us physically as well. And those chemicals, they, you know, reduce stress, they improve our immune system, they uh, lower blood pressure. So there are physical benefits and then there are the mental benefits as well of being in the nature of forests. And it's a great place for using all your senses you know, just finding a log covered in moss, making yourself comfortable, closing your eyes, listening to the bird song. And, you know, you use your other senses as well. You touch a, an ancient tree with its gnarled bark. You look at moss, so small, so intricate. And normally we don't even notice that, but they have so many patterns. So really just homing in on the moment. We call it mindfulness these days. It's you forget your worries, you forget your stresses. And that's just why forest bathing is so brilliant, along with those trees that are, you know, just soar up into the sky. And there's something very spiritual about that. I think there is. And, and you know, talking about our ancestors and where we've evolved, we, of course, we come from forests. And I think all landscapes are special and have a unique atmosphere, a unique energy they give us. But there's something about forests which just bring about this kind of stillness this relaxation this this relaxation of our attention which in modern life is so focused all the time it just kind of seems to kind of relax that muscle do you think there's something special about forests that does that I think so. I, you know, it's the sunlight sort of drifting through the trees, the light on the foliage. And if you look up, there's something about trees, many of them, or some of them are hundreds of years old, and they sort of dig down roots into the earth, they're stable. And there's something there that we can connect to, you know, our place in the earth, this is where we belong. The trees are part of that. That's beautifully said. So take me to Austria. You're in Austria and you're finding out all about this well-being. I loved reading about it with forests and forest bathing, which to me just has such an evocative way to describe it. I love that bathing in forests. Take me to Austria. What was one of your favorite experiences there of, of forests? Well, as I said, there are forests all over Austria. If I were to pull out some experiences, I cycled the length of the Danube through Austria pretty much all of the river, actually. But I remember when I left Vienna, I cycled into the Donauauen National Park. And it's literally just in the doorstep of Vienna. And I just remember after the hustle and the bustle of the city, this complete stillness and the silence and the serenity of that national park, so close to two big cities, actually. 
And, you know, I'd recommend anybody who's spending time in Vienna to get out into the National Park on the Danube, take a trip with one of the wardens, uh, take a boat along the river. They can take you right into these wooded parts of the river. You might see a turtle, you might see a dice snake, um, you might see a black stork, you might even see um, an eagle there. So that's my first recommendation. And if I were to choose somewhere else, I would say the primeval forests of Bratner in Styria, because they, those trees are so old. They're virgin trees, meaning that they've not really been touched by man. They've been left in the state they are. And I talked about the ferns and the mosses. Uh, and, you know, you have all these old tree trunks that are wonderful habitats for wildlife. But yeah, take your pick. Austria is full of forests to choose from. And what's your top tip then when you get into that forest and you've you've left the hustle and bustle of the city behind? You described that so amazingly well. But sometimes it's hard to sort of shake off that coat of the city, that heavy coat we all carry around and, and get into the right mind frame. So what would be your top tips for people to to get into that well-being, mindfulness, state of mind? Well, it used to be I would just hike in forests and I wouldn't ever stop. So my first tip is find a really comfortable place in the middle of the forest and sit down and just breathe and relax and then start to listen and then start to look and then, you know, just really Get up close and personal to the forest, feel the textures of the trees. You could forage for fruit or herbs on the forest floor and just take your time. Don't try to cover lots of ground. Maybe just choose one small corner of the forest and really get to know it. Yeah, in some ways, that's just the essence of it. It's like life itself. You know, we spend so long kind of in our own heads, in our own minds, being busy and writing lists. But the, the true essence of being alive is in those still moments. That's where we find it. We find it listening. And I think nature can be uh, such a catalyst for, for helping us get there. So we've covered forests. Uh, we've got our feet into that mossy ground and breathed in the scent of that beautiful pine and sap. But now it's time to get wet. Watch the gentle flow of a mature river meandering through a broad river valley and relax. Listen to the gentle burble of water, a balm for the soul. Upstream, the experience is different. The young river courses through narrow ravines, crashes through falls. Listen to the roar of water, the spray cold on your skin, cleansing to the lungs, refreshing, invigorating. Feel alive. I love wild swimming. I try and do it almost everywhere I go. It's just so much fun. You feel invigorated. I always feel like you're standing on the edge of that beautiful lake or, or swimming hole and half of you is like, oh my God, it's going to be so cold. And then you jump in and you just feel so invigorated. But when you come out again, there's this wonderful sense of peacefulness and, and serenity. Why do you think so special about wild swimming as opposed to just jumping in a pool? Well, if you go to a swimming pool, you're indoors, the water's warm, it's chlorinated, 
you might only see breeze blocks as a view. If you go to a lake or a, a mountain river, you're surrounded by beautiful nature. And, you know, some of those lakes are glacial fed and they're pretty cold. And you're right. First thing you think is, I don't want to get in there. But when you do go in, the first thing you do is really just concentrate on the moment. So you're thinking about your breathing and regulating your breathing. You're thinking about how you're going to move in the water. So you're very much in the present. And then you come out and you're still freezing cold, but you warm up. And as you said so rightly, you just feel incredibly relaxed. And it's not just, I mean, when we imagine wild swimming, I think we imagine a beautiful, calm swimming hole. And I know there's lots of those in Austria. I've, I've enjoyed a few myself. Mm. But it's there's other types of water environments that like waterfalls, for example, which have a, a special effect on us too. Like, I love going to see waterfalls wherever I go. There's something about the movement maybe or something about the energy. Can you pick out some spots, some of your favorite swimming holes and lakes to swim in in Austria, but some of your other spots too, that some of your hidden corners like waterfalls that, that we might look for and find? Yeah, so the most obvious place, well, there are two places, really. There's Lake Constance. We all know Lake Constance, but again, likewise in the Salzkammergut, which is south of Salzburg. That is Austria's lake district. And there's so many beautiful lakes there from Wolfgangsee, Attersee, Mundsee, Fuschelsee, and many smaller lakes as well. And again, you've got the rivers as well. If you're in Vienna, in the city, you can go down to the Danube and very easily swim there as well. So it may be a landlocked country, but it has so many opportunities for swimming. In terms of waterfalls, I would recommend the Wasserlochklamm in Styria. Um, you go across the river on a suspension bridge and then you have this wonderful series of walkways some of them overhanging little bridges and it takes you through incredibly wild gorges with these crashing waterfalls it's really a beautiful spot and, you know, not everyone's a swimmer and, and maybe doesn't feel comfortable jumping into the lake, though I would recommend highly <laughs> to try that. But waterfalls, for example, or even just a rushing river and having a picnic beside a rushing river is, is also a great way to kind of get some of that energy that you can get from natural streams and rivers without necessarily getting your head soaked under the water. Do you have any experience, like favorite experiences you've had in Austria where maybe just a quiet, gentle moment by a waterfall or feeling that spray on your face mm. or, or grabbing a picnic by a lake? You know, what were some of your favorite moments there during this trip? I remember when we were cycling along the Danube and I cycled along the Inn and the Salzach as well. And every day when we were cycling, we would have a picnic by the river. And I just remember sitting by the Danube and watching a carp rise out of the water. And on another occasion, a deer running across the path. And, you know, when you have a picnic by a river, the piece of the water just burbling along is really something very special. Near Salzburg, there are many little lakes of the tourist track a bit. And with friends, I've had picnics there. And that's just magical in the Salzkammergut. Wonderful. That's amazing. I just, I want to get my swim on now. I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Half got my trunks on here, ready for it. <laughs> so we've bathed in forests and we swum in the wild. And next up is maybe my favorite place in the world. The place I always go to when I need to escape and wash off the city the mountains. 
Fill your senses with the sights, sounds, smells, and tastes of the mountains, the dawn light breaking across a glacial valley, the sunset warm and golden and snow-dusted peaks. Find the rhythm of your feet as you climb above the clouds. This is a true wilderness barely touched by man. Shake away your worries, clear your mind and connect with your mountain spirit. For me, the Alps, I always keep coming back to the Alps because I think they're just the most exquisitely beautiful mountain range in the world. What makes the Austrian Alps so special for you? I think it's the variety as well. You've got the Kalkstein Alpen. Uh, Kalk in German is limestone. You can just get away from everything. You have those gentle meadows full of wildflowers, hay meadows. You know, if you want more exciting hiking terrain, you can get right up into the passes. You've got the river valleys. So there's something for everybody, really. So from personal experiences from this trip and other trips you've done in Austria, what are some of the favourite experiences you've had in the mountains? I've been lucky to experience the Alps in all seasons. Um, some of my most precious memories is walking up to a, a hilltop restaurant in the dark with the moon bathing the way. I remember climbing my first 3,000 metre high mountain and being absolutely petrified because it was so sheer. But, you know, you can also take a cable car right up into the, the mountains and, you know, just being able to step out, already being quite high up and having all these pathways to walk. That was really magical as well. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? I think a lot of people, when you talk about the mountains, you assume there's going to be some tough hiking. You're going to have to work to see those views. But one of the things I've always loved doing, especially if you've got young kids or if, you know, if you're not willing or able to put in those, those hard yards to get to the view is take those cable cars to the top. And it just, you know, I always remember coming out of them and then suddenly just being like, wow. What's that like for people that have never experienced like that? What's that like for you, that, that sort of moment of arriving up there from the cable car? And what can you do when you're on the top? Well, it's fairly true that pretty much every cable car, certainly a lot of them, when you get up there, there's a cafe. And, you know, the Austrians do really good coffee and they do the most amazing cakes so that's usually my first stop that's my kind of mindfulness it's like you know <laughs> mindfulness and cakes absolutely and the austrians do them so well and in particular their fruit tarts are just to die for and they're apfelstrudel of course and then when when you've had your coffee and your cake you can just step out and i just love the rarefied air you know that air that's quite cool so pure and um you know if you're there in spring or early summer the wildflowers are beautiful there's a lot of mindfulness and walking in the austrian alps as well you know the paths are quite rough they have tree roots going across them you know there might be quite big stones so you're focusing on your footsteps you're focusing on your breathing if you're going uphill and you're purely living in the moment and then you know, we talked about our ancestors earlier on and how they spent time in forests, but they also like to be in high places. And I think there's something about being up high and seeing the world at your feet. It's really difficult to describe, 
But when you're up in these high places, and I don't mean on top of a 3,000 meter high mountain, it could be, you know, just a little bit up in the valley, but it's those views, it's how your world expands as you walk up into these higher places. That's truly magical. Yeah, you mentioned hiking along and and sort of watching your feet. That's actually a really hard thing to do when you're hiking in Austria because the views are so incredible. I'm always the guy (laughs) tripping over the tree roots instead. But that idea of kind of meditative walking, that's something really interesting. And I think more people are doing that. I think we think of meditation often as something where you have to be very still and very, you know, uh, very kind of controlled. But there's something really powerful about using walking as a means to to kind of letting go of that mind and relaxing into nature too. And the mountains are great for that, I always find. Yeah, I think it's the rhythm of your fate, the fact that you're focused on your surroundings. You're focused on the present, aren't you, in the same way as you are when you're in forests or while swimming. And that's what's so particularly beautiful in the Austrian Alps. And there's a long history of people coming, you know, beginning in the 19th century of people coming to the Austrian Alps for health reasons. Can you tell any of that history and and maybe how that's evolved over time to kind of where we are now? Yeah, I think even during Victorian times, certainly from the UK, they went to these um, health hotels. Spas were very popular back then. Someone had asthma or some kind of chest condition, their doctor would prescribe sometime in the mountains. People would spend sometimes weeks there. I love that. I've got this picture of going to my local GP and, you know, being like, <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm stressed out. What can you give me? And he's like, I prescribe you a week in the Austrian Alps. I wish that Wouldn't would happen. would be wonderful? And then the NHS yeah, would Yeah, that would be yeah. brilliant. <laughs> so in terms of outdoor spaces and national parks, what are some of your favourites? All of them are beautiful in different ways. If you had to go to one, I would definitely say the High Tower National Park. It's absolutely massive. It crosses three federal states in Austria, Carinthia, the Tyrol, Salzburgerland, and it has some of Austria's highest and wildest scenery. So certainly if you go there, it's very easy to get away from all the hustle and bustle of cities and from other people and be completely on your own. So why is it so special? Um, It's got many mountains over 3,000 metres. It's got the highest waterfall in Europe in the Krimi Falls. It's got the Weisse Glacier World and it's got the longest glacier in Austria, which is the Pastizza Glacier. So it's really raw nature and beautiful and full of, you know, solitude. And yeah, it's somewhere to completely reconnect with nature. Sounds like you could tick all the boxes that we're talking about right now just in that one trip there. So that that does sound perfect. And the other great thing about the mountains, of course, is when you're out there and you find those places that are away from the crowds and away from the towns and away from the light pollution and you have that thin air of the mountains, something else absolutely magical comes out at night, doesn't it? And it's maybe the aspect of nature that fills us with the most wonder and awe of all, the stars. Head out into the night to a lonely spot far from the lights of towns and cities. Adjust your eyes to the blackness. Soak in the stillness and silence, the inky shapes of forest and hill. Then lift your eyes to the heavens 
above you a river of stars brighter than you've ever seen before. In that instant, all your cares and worries disappear. This is the magic of the stars. There is nothing in the world like that feeling. I always seek that out whenever I'm traveling around in in nature and find that perfect spot for looking up at the stars. What are some of your favorite memories of, of stargazing in Austria? It's a really exciting year for Austria because they've been awarded their first international dark sky site. So this has been something really exciting for Austria. And that you will find in the Naturpark at Attersee, Traunsee. I haven't been there yet, but it's definitely the place I, I want to go and visit as soon as I can. So, you know, the thing about stargazing is you want to be completely away from light pollution. You want to be away from cities, towns, even villages. And this part of Austria is just fantastic for stargazing because it's completely away from all that light pollution. Somewhere else I'd recommend is Altenmark Zeissee in Salzburgerland. And you know, we don't all have the equipment, but there's a local guy there called Siegfried Holinger who has got two powerful telescopes. Uh, he's a local expert. And luckily, he has um, open evenings. If you go to the website, you can book an evening with him and he will share his expertise with you. And it's a really good way to experience the night sky. And then say you're in Vienna just for a long weekend, you don't have to travel and you probably wouldn't have time to get right into the Alps. But just a 35 minute drive from Vienna is a place called Grossmugel and it's got a star walk and it's only one and a half kilometers long. But you can, you know, walk that and there are stations, as they call them, along the way with information boards that tell you all about the stars you can see there. And it finishes off at an ancient burial site. But incredibly, this place is so good for its night skies that it's got the nickname Grossmugel on the Milky Way. So you can imagine it's a great place to observe that sky of, you know, crystal cut stars. It's just magical. And you know what's interesting is so many of us really haven't seen the Milky Way. There is actually a rating system for stars which judges the, you know, the relative brightness of stars and the easiest to see is a 1 and you know you can see that in cities and occasionally maybe in London you'll see a 2 but not very often. Yeah. But when you see that 6 when you go to a, a dark sky reserve like you're talking about and there's absolutely zero light pollution and you see that river of stars that is the Milky Way. It is unlike anything that you've ever seen before. It's completely different and overwhelming to to any other kind of stargazing you would have done. Do you think there's something special about that? Maybe something that we're missing out, those of us that live in cities, those of us who maybe have never experienced that before. Do you think there's something that we're missing out on? Yeah, you're literally missing out because if you're in a city or a town even, you only see a fraction of the stars that are out there. So if you go to a place like the Naturpark at Attersee, Transee, you get this the perfect conditions. You get these really dark places with no light pollution whatsoever. And then you see so many more stars than you would see in a city or, or a town. 
you know, we talk about light pollution a lot in terms of how it you know, benefits us to see the stars, but there's also a lot of serious connotations for its effect on nature. You know, if, if um, we're not allowing our ecosystems to have these dark environments, we're fundamentally changing those ecosystems. And so it is so important to preserve our night skies as well as our beautiful landscapes. And so I think that's a great thing that that's happening out there. And I, yeah, I definitely urge everyone to go and check that out because there really is nothing like seeing that wonder firsthand. Helen, thank you so much. It's been amazing to talk to you about all this stuff. You speak so beautifully about it. I just want to like jump out of my office right now and, and go and run into nature. And, and, um, <laughs> Me too. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure everyone listening feels exactly the same. And, you know, talking about stars and, and how they make us feel, well, you know, really all of nature makes us feel like that in, in lots of different ways. And I think one of the things that has been so interesting about that is the way different kinds of ecosystems make us feel. That's what I'm, I'm getting from you, whether it's the serenity of forest bathing or that invigorating peace and serenity that, that comes from wild swimming or the wonder of the stars or the humility of the mountains. Each one gives us something different. And it sounds like you had an amazing time in Austria sampling them all. So um, yeah, you've made us all want to go out there and have some fun. Yeah. So thank you so much. Thank you for your time. And I'll see you out there in the Alps. I'll see you in Austria. That would be time. wonderful. Coffee and cake up in a mountain cafe in one of the Alps would be just perfect. Well-being and cake. I think you've just invented a new kind of nature well-being. <laughs> and a bit of mindfulness. Exactly. All right. Thanks, Helen. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. Doesn't that make you want to run away to Austria's mountains right now? And I do think that now more than ever, many of us really need to take that time out of our lives to rejuvenate and recharge and slow down and really embrace the nature and the wild. Yes, definitely. I'm definitely feeling much more relaxed just from listening to that. And it was so lovely as well to hear a snippet of Helen's beautifully written articles. If you want to read her Austria pieces in full, then head over to wanderlustmagazine.com forward slash Austria travel. And to connect with Helen, you can reach her on Twitter. Her handle is hmote. Thank you so much to Helen and to Aaron for taking us on such a sensory journey of Austria. And if you're not a Wanderlust Club member already, do be sure to go onto our website to join us. You'll get six beautiful print issues of the magazine a year, plus exclusive content, events, offers and competitions. And of course, make sure you subscribe to our brand new podcast series. This is just the first of many places we're going to be visiting. And we have so many of our writers lined up and ready to transport you to all corners of the world. So subscribe now and keep a lookout for our next episodes. Yes, can't wait. Anyway, this episode was produced by Armchair Productions. The hosts were Lynn Hughes and Rosie Fitzgerald. The interviewer, Aaron Miller. And the special guest was Helen Moat. So, see you next time. <laughs>